Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Field Yates. We are filling in for the guys today. You can find us on Twitter at Field Yates. That's him at Amber W Sports. You can also give us a call. Join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can watch us live on the ESPN app. All you do is you open the app. It's very easy. You hit the watch button on the bottom tab and you will be able to watch the show live. And last night, Field, we all watched a show yesterday as the Buffalo Bills, they did it. They went into Arrowhead. They let Josh Allen air it out. They ran the ball well. They played defense when it mattered most. And they got their revenge over the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, the revenge coming off of that last uh, postseason loss that we all remember so well. The 13 seconds left. It went much better for the Bills this yeah. time around. The Bills won this one 24-20. to 20. What was your biggest takeaway from this game? Well, Amber, it's not often that a game falls 10 points short of the over-under and yet lives up to expectations all the same. But that's what happened yesterday at Arrowhead Stadium as the 54-point over-under was, again, 10 points short and just 44 combined points. But these two teams went toe-to-toe, and we think about these last two games that the Bills and the Chiefs have played. This is an amazing stat that the CBS graphics showed at some point during the broadcast. After the first, second, third, and fourth quarter of when these two teams played last postseason, They were tied. Of course, the game went to overtime. The Chiefs win it on the opening touchdown drive. Yesterday, after the first, second, and third quarter, they were tied again. Basically, for 120 minutes of regulation football, the difference is four points between these two teams. Yesterday felt like a playoff game. It's hard to say that when the game is being played in the middle of October. It's hard to say that when it's being played at Arrowhead Stadium And it's a bright, sunny afternoon. Usually it's about 25 degrees in the playoffs when these two teams or when the Chiefs are hosting a game at Arrowhead Stadium. Yesterday lived up to all the expectations. And I know that we have a lot of season left. And I know that the NFL is the any given Sunday league because we learned that. And we'll talk about that throughout the show yesterday. We were very harshly reminded of that. But man, it felt like what we were watching yesterday was just a precursor to another matchup between these two teams in January The difference is this one could be played in Buffalo because the Bills emerged victorious yesterday. It's why I said last night off the top. I mean, it felt like a Monday night football game, right? Or like you said, like a postseason game. And that's how it's going to feel. I think every time we see these two teams match up, I remember at one point last night, one of the announcers said something to the effect of, you know, this is a a budding rivalry. And I was thinking, I think this rivalry already bloomed. And I think it bloomed last postseason. And now this is the game that we are all going to circle on our calendars. It's the game we want in the postseason once again. It's a game we won in the conference championship is where we really want it because that's what it felt like 
last season when we didn't get it there. But even in the regular season, we are going to be circling this one on our calendars for years. And it lived up to it. And it's because of the two guys throwing the football, right? No I mean, Josh, Josh Allen, 329 yards, three touchdowns, a go-ahead toss to Dawson Knox with just 104 left. That's when the Bills held on. They staved off the Chiefs. They're 24-20, even though, of course, Patrick Mahomes did everything he could in this game as well. 338 yards passing, uh, two touchdowns. He did have a couple interceptions in this game, but a phenomenal game, really, from both of those guys and feel that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, Amber. And, you know, the NFL has been so fortunate to have quarterback rivalries that have defined maybe not generations, but half generations, if you will, and for, what, 10, 12, 15 years, we had Brady versus Manning. The difference between Brady versus Manning, which is much longer and the stakes were much higher than what we have seen between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen so far, is they have yet to play for like a Super Bowl appearance. And they've only played, I think, I think yesterday was the fifth time total. So the sample size is not nearly as large. But oftentimes, uh, not every time, but there were occasions when Brady and Manning were squaring off. And I get it, they're not playing against each other, but they're still the same game starting quarterbacks where what we remember is a defense on either side of that game stifling the quarterback enough, right? The Patriots for a while had Peyton Manning's number in the playoffs. He ended up getting them a couple times. Peyton obviously got his two rings, one with Indy, one with Denver. When the Chiefs and the Bills have faced off, specifically over the past year, because they've now played three times since week five of last season. These two quarterbacks have been throwing haymakers at the opposing defense. And while there were some defensive players that certainly made a mark yesterday, Von Miller made an impact for the Bills and the Chiefs, uh, you know, they had an early turnover. Um, It felt to me like the difference in the game yesterday was like a tiny infinitesimal defensive play. The story of the game was the quarterbacks yet again, as these two guys simply cannot be stopped right now in a league where there are some good young quarterbacks, no two ways about that. It feels like we have two that are in a tier unto themselves, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and we should just get used to this. They don't play every single year because of the NFL's schedule construction, but it's possible that basically every fall we're gearing up for the possibility of one or two opportunities to watch these two going head-to-head. It was a masterpiece in so many ways yesterday. Yeah, it feels like we're at least going to be getting it in the postseason. Of course, both of these guys. I mean, you said the sample size is small, and certainly it is because we're looking back on these other quarterback rivalries with hindsight, but we're looking forward with this one, and forward with this one field maybe means, I mean, it means at least 10 years, right? We hope, certainly, uh, with these guys being 26 and 27 years old. But you did mention the story extends beyond just the quarterback play. They're going to get all the attention. I just want to bring us back, though, because you mentioned Von Miller there. Mm -hmm. And and you saw the brilliance of Von Miller last night. And I was really impressed with the Bills this offseason because they were already a really good team. And you've seen the trajectory of that team. If they had just sat on their hands and done nothing in the offseason, I think we'd still be talking about Buffalo like they'd be one of the best teams in the league. But they didn't just sit on their hands. They did what they could to improve. They go out. They get Von Miller. And you saw the difference that a vet like him can make last night. No question about it. And – The question about the Bills acquiring Von Miller was not about what he has now. It's about what it looks like in year two or three of a six-year deal, which I think is unlikely for Von to play out the entirety of, although if he's the Tom Brady of defensive players, maybe he will. But still, just 
using averages so far uh, of the NFL history, like it's unlikely to see a guy be a dominant performer as an outside linebacker at the age of 39 making 20 million bucks a year. But the other reality of it is that the Bills don't need Von Miller to be dominating in 2028 for this deal to be a worthwhile investment. They made this move in effect for Von Miller to be for them what he was for the Los Angeles Rams. Clutch performer, the closer, and while there were other players that contributed, no two ways about that, how many times did we see Patrick Mahomes trying to do what Patrick Mahomes does at such a brilliant level of eluding pressure, pirouetting out of pressure, uh, throwing a ball down the field that no one even saw coming, and there were a couple of occasions yesterday that did not result in sacks where Von Miller made life uncomfortable for Patrick Mahomes and turned a could-be-crazy play into a throwaway, and then Von Miller did get home on Patrick Mahomes as well. So um, I know that you're not trying to play every last card available to you on October 16th in a regular season game that at the end of the season, who knows what it'll mean, if anything, as far as like the playoff standings are concerned, but still... Yesterday was, I felt like both teams sort of laying it all out there on the line. And right now, Amber, there are some people, I am not one of those people, that are all fired up about baseball's new playoff format and how the Dodgers got screwed because they lost three straight games to the San Diego Padres. Cry me a river, but I will tell you this. Maybe it's the NFL that needs to reconsider its schedule in the playoffs. Because how much would you pay if this... AFC championship game that I'm already predicting because I'm getting way ahead of myself was instead an AFC championship series. Like I'd pay big money for the chiefs and bills to have to play best out of five to go to the super bowl. Thoughts on that. Uh, I, the thought is pretty good is what the thought is. I think we would sign up for this now only if it's this though. That's the problem where where your philosophy or your (laughs) idea here goes wrong is when, uh, you know, the wacky scenario where they're not, this is not the AFC championship. And now we're watching two teams. That doesn't have the same sort of rivalry. And it does feel like you said, it's October, right? I mean, they're not going to throw out their whole playbook and and expose everything to us, you wouldn't think. But it does feel like these two teams, even if there's not a real good reason for it, these two teams probably understand that this is the game that we're all keyed in on in the regular season, that this is the rivalry, that the stakes feel a little higher in this one for whatever reason as a regular season game. So I would imagine that they get up for this one a little bit more. And then, of course, from the Bills' perspective, you were remember how that ended for them yeah. last postseason and it looked like for a second field like it, it could possibly end like that again like oh no they left the Chiefs Too a minute time, on the clock right? and you know. the Chiefs are doing their thing and they're marching down the field and then in the end Patrick Mahomes interception uh, the Bills are able to ride out the clock Josh Allen though the quarterback of course of the Buffalo Bills he says that he's not even thinking about what happened last season Nothing that we did last year translates to what we did or are going to do this year. You know, everything that happened in the past is, is where it is. So um, all we can do is focus on the next one, and today was the next one, um, you know, going into our bye week. And uh, I don't know who we play in two weeks, but, you know, uh, enjoy this one and turn our attention towards them. He's, he's downplaying it, which you would expect. It's quarterback speak field. Do you believe it, though? This, is, this was just the next one? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, yes in this. Here's, here's, here's the part that I say yes to. Yes, in the sense that, like, the Bills are hunting for much more than this, right? Like, let's just say the Bills season plays out and they make it to the AFC Championship game. No one's going to take solace in the fact that, oh, they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead way back in week six. No one cares about that, right? But so I'm not totally buying the idea, or I am buying the idea that it was just another one. But no, in the sense that, let's just imagine a scenario 
where it's week 16 or 17 and the Bills have a one-game lead or the same record as the Chiefs and the difference between being at home, not just in the AFC Championship game, but at home for a round one bye is in the Bills' favor, then it will matter. And I think the Bills are smart enough to realize that the rest of the way, they probably aren't facing a team as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know that, um, you know, like the NFL, we're going to get into the unpredictability of it, but we've also had, remember a few weeks ago, I can't remember exactly what it was, when Tom Brady was talking about, there's just bad football being played Mm -hmm. around the NFL right now. He wasn't wrong, by the way. There is some bad football being played in the NFL right now. Yesterday was just the chef's kiss version of beautiful football. Two teams, brilliantly constructed, brilliantly coached, going head-to-head for 60 minutes, and every second mattered. That, to me, was worth the price of admission. That, to me, was worth being the only game on your TV if you don't have the ability to watch multiple games or don't have red zone or something like that. Yesterday was what we've been waiting for because – with the NFL uh, in primetime, we've had a couple of Thursday night games over the past couple of weeks that have felt like minutes of your life you wish you had back. Right, Amber? Mm-hmm. Yesterday was minutes of your life that you would donate again and again and again to get the opportunity to watch those two teams play. If only we could get that on a Thursday night. Uh, not going to happen, though, right? Yeah, not- so the NFL's like, oh, you're going to watch no matter what, so we're not going to waste one of our best games of the year. Right. No kidding. And then they're going to be like, hey, and watch the Broncos 400 times in primetime. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Let's go to the biggest game in the NFC from week six now. The only unbeaten team left in the NFL. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I'm t- I, I did not see it, Mel. I did not see it. I did not see him being this quality of a quarterback at the NFL that could carry an offense. He's an MVP candidate. Yes, record-wise, they are the best team in the league. Record-wise, the Eagles are the best team in the league, and otherwise, the Eagles may very well be the best team in the league. You're listening to Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Field Yates filling in for the guys. The Eagles got the best of the Dallas Cowboys, 26-17 to yesterday. Now, the Cowboys did make it interesting, Field, even when, frankly, I'm not sure they had any right to, but yeah. they tried to make it interesting. They tried to make a comeback here, but really, the Eagles were pretty dominant the entire way through. They were, and I almost wonder if what happened in the second half for a minute there was the Eagles kind of rested on their laurels for a moment. Lane Johnson, their star right tackle, left the game due to a concussion. Micah Parsons was able to be more like Micah Parsons, and it was like, snap back to reality. Okay, we can't just sit around on our hands and expect this game to be ours. It may be, but we can't expect it to just happen automatically. But this Eagles team is so so complete right now. I mean, the things that they are able to do on both sides of the ball are remarkable. Our producer, Evan, posed this question to me earlier in, this, in the day. He was just basically like, what team can afford for their quarterback to not be on his best game and still win more than the Eagles? Like, they are so good defensively. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is so good. The running game is so good that Jalen Hurts was was solid last night. He wasn't spectacular, though, right? 
And this game really shouldn't have been close. Now I get it, Cooper Rush, et cetera. But still, this Eagles team looks like the real deal. And the NFC looks wide open right now. We just spent the first, what, 15 minutes of the show talking about the Bills and the Chiefs, who, if we're doing our power rankings, are unquestionably in my top three of the NFL. The NFC, though, Amber, like who are, who is the best team not named Philadelphia in the NFC right now? Well, I have no idea. And yeah. that's what's confusing about the NFC. I mean, there's several teams, obviously, you can make that argument for, but like, do you feel great about the Vikings, even no. though... They are sitting at five and one. I, they won yesterday does, right? with like Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. Like no it was kidding. like that, that was. I mean, you watch the game. You're from. You live in Miami. Like, did anything about that Vikings team yesterday scream dominance to you? No, not at all. It, the Dolphins aren't in a position right now for to make to be the barometer, frankly, of whether an opponent yeah. is dominant because of the injuries and because of what's happened there to that quarterback position. We knew this was going to be the case, though, right? With the NFC, like this is what we were setting up all offseason when we're talking about these conferences, and you and I are filling, you know, hundreds of hours of airtime, and and we want to spend it all on the AFC because the NFC was really, really hard to, frankly, get excited about some of these teams and really kind of parsed through and now we're here six weeks through the season and frankly it's still in that situation where it's kind of hard to know who to get excited out about outside of the Philadelphia Eagles yeah I'm with you and so because the NFC looks so weak it gives us a chance to we should be given the Eagles a ton of props as it were so let's just do that right because whether the NFC is good or not, the Eagles have yet to lose a game this season. So every team that they've played, they've been up to the task and more. And think about how impressive this is for the Eagles in a lot of different ways. Like, one, they're the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL. That's good. I believe they've yet to trail in the second half of a game, so it hasn't even been close, right? Like, they haven't broken a sweat in a game in the second half, which is important in a league where there's been so much parity. And we've seen teams like the Baltimore Ravens cough up 10 plus 10 plus point leads in three of their six games. That's why they're three and three right now. So these Eagles deserve a ton of props for not just getting ahead, but also finishing the job defensively. They are a menace right now. And their head of football ops, their, their GM, Howie Roseman made a bunch of big moves this off season. And Amber, I'm not sure which of those hasn't worked out above expectation, right? A.J. Brown's been remarkable. Hassan Reddick has been awesome. James Bradbury, again, awesome last night. It's like everything that he did this offseason turned to gold. And by the way, what was the one thing we kept talking about all offseason about the Eagles with Jalen Hurts? It was this. You know, the good news is if Jalen Hurts doesn't meet expectations and looks like the player that we saw against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year, Philly has all these extra picks in 2023. Wait, so Philly is now this good with Jalen Hurts playing this well, and they've got like nine extra picks next year. Not literally, but they've got an extra first. They've got an extra second. All of a sudden, Philadelphia might be as well positioned to win big this year as any team in the NFC, and no team that, I mean, there are teams at the very bottom of the league that are going to have a premium, like top two or three or five pick. But I'm not sure any team has more multiplicity in their assets next offseason to upgrade on this roster. 
Philly feels loaded right now. Man, are they in a good spot. They are in a very, very good spot, especially not having to or seemingly not having to now address that quarterback position. Now, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, Jalen, you know, didn't blow the roof off the building last night, but he was 15 to 25, 155 yards. So airing it out necessarily not part of the game plan. He did evade the pass rush, though, a lot took pressure off of everyone there. And he did enough, and it's all he needs to do with that team that's around Jalen Hurts. So you don't have to have the best night of your life if you're Jalen out there. And that is why Philadelphia, is as good as Philadelphia is. So we are going to stick, of course, with all of these NFL topics. Who's the second best team in the NFC? Be a part of Canty and Carla Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones that fans deserve. Amber Wilson and Field Yates filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carla. And coming up next... Two former MVPs are looking to figure it out before it's too late. Plus, we had a trade in the NFL today. Ooh. We will break it down for you. This is Candy and Garland on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is an NFL reaction Monday here on Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Field Yates filling in for the guys. And of course, with Field here, we're going NFL heavy, as we should every Monday. But let's bring in some help 
with this NFL conversation. Friend of the show, ESPN's NFL front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, is with us. And I want to start here, Mike, because uh, the latest breaking news out of the NFL is that Robbie Anderson, it's been traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this comes after Anderson was kicked out of the game uh, by the Panthers interim coach, Steve Wilkes, following a sideline argument with his position coach. Seems like he wanted out of there. He got out of there, but now he's headed to Arizona. Uh, Hollywood Brown, of course, suffered that foot injury. It could end the season. You heard Christine Lisi say it. We're still waiting for the update there. What is your reaction to this trade, Mike? Well, uh, you know, from both ends, guys, it makes sense. First of all, from Carolina, you know, you're trying to establish Steve Wilkes and, um, you know, you just can't have that, and you want to set a standard. So um, no surprise there. And then on the other end, you know, if Hollywood Brown's out for the year, um, Arizona's offense has been very inconsistent this year. So big shot in the arm to get not only Robbie Anderson guys, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming off of his suspension. That would really help that Arizona passing attack. Mike, it certainly begs the question of what's next for Carolina. I've been saying to people that Robbie Anderson was an obvious trade piece because the car, uh, the Panthers had previously converted – most of his base salary into a signing bonus, meaning he was cheap. It wasn't very good, right, for Carolina at least. So, of course, you would take whatever you could get in a trade for him. But what's next? Could Christian McCaffrey realistically be traded? And if you were a GM like you were for 20 years in the NFL, would you be looking to acquire Christian McCaffrey in the final three-plus years of his deal? And what's a reasonable price tag? Yeah, Phil, that's something you have to consider for both sides. Clearly, you know, Carolina could be in a significant rebuild. You know, presumably if they come out of this with a top five pick, be it Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, you know, there could be a, a, a very significant quarterback for them. And then you want to add as many picks as possible. And presumably Christian McCaffrey, barring, you know, trying to trade one of those young defensive players like Brian Burns, is going to give you your, your best return. So certainly from Carolina, you got to consider it. You know, now we get to that whole discussion is, you know, do you pay a running back? Now, look, if you could get him on a three-year deal um, and maybe restructure it slightly where it's a little bit more uh, friendly for the acquiring team and maybe Carolina eats a little bit more salary, you know, the one team where uh, there's been some connections between Carolina and Buffalo, let's say, um, you're certainly in the all-in scenario if you're Buffalo. If you had to give up a second or third-round pick, you know, it's not dissimilar to what we saw last year, right, when OBJ, Von Miller – went in season to the Rams, and obviously that helped them get over the hump. And, you know, if I'm Buffalo, I want to hold serve here against Kansas City, one one yesterday, and McCaffrey certainly could help us as well. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Field Yates filling in for the guys. Mike, I have to ask you about what's going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin, because the Jets, of course, dominated the Packers yesterday, 27-10. to 10. I mean, is it time to start panicking if you're a Green Bay fan? Possibly. You know, the, the seeds were sown, in my opinion, going back to February. When Aaron Rodgers' indecision about am I playing, not playing, you know, goes away. It's a beautiful mystery. All the other events around his uncertainty. The Packers franchise Devontae Adams, and despite doing that, they acquiesced to him and traded him to the Raiders, which I was really surprised at, guys, because – Look, I've been in situations where you franchise a player and they're not happy, but eventually Devontae Adams would have come in. And I'm just hard-pressed to think that they're a better team without him than they would have been with him. And I understand some of the picks they've gotten. And certainly, I think some of their young defensive players I thought would have been playing better now, be it Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, amongst others. But this is a team that just doesn't look the same right now. And when you lose arguably the best receiver in football, um, I think they're really struggling really on both sides of the ball. 
Does it get better, Mike? Gosh, Field, you know, um, you know, in theory it should because young players are ascending. They should get better. So Romeo Dobbs, their fourth-round pick out of Nevada, Christian Watson, their second-round pick out of North Dakota State, possibly. Um, but, again, even on defense, you know, the Jets were able to run the ball yesterday, which to me was a big surprise because, look, Zach Wilson's still a work in progress. You know they're going to feature Michael Carter, Brees Hall. And despite the predictability of what the Jets were going to do on offense, I was surprised that the Packers couldn't stop the run. Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us. So, Mike, you were in Pittsburgh for the Bucks steelers game. You witnessed live Tom Brady ripping into his O-line. What was your biggest takeaway when it comes to the Bucks yesterday? A couple of things really stood out. One was they're desperate for Ron Gronkowski. Um, <laughs> when he was there in the last few years, I believe there were 48 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the red zone, and they need help in the red zone desperately. And – Pittsburgh did a remarkable job with a really banged-up secondary against Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Tampa just lacks explosiveness right now. Now, look, they're going to get back Julio Jones, but I would really try to get Gronk if I was them. Um, Their offensive line didn't play very well, as Tom Brady pointed out. Uh, And then on the other side of the ball, guys, credit Mitch Trubisky. He made some huge plays, including a third and 16 late in that game that um, it was really very surprising. So, um a big, big surprise on really both sides of the ball. Both yeah. teams going in opposite directions coming in. And now Pittsburgh really has some hope, and Tampa Bay has some really big question marks. So, Mike, when you said that uh, the offensive line, as Tom Brady noted, did not perform well, I believe Tom was a little more demonstrative <laughs> in expressing that as he ripped his offensive line, a new one, on the sidelines. He went uh, like almost smashed tablet style on his offensive line. I asked you this about the Packers. I'll ask you about the Bucks. Does it get better? I think so. You know, Rashad White's a really interesting um, rookie running back field that I, I like. And, again, I think Julio Jones comes back. The offensive line, I don't think Ryan Jensen gets back, but maybe he does their talented center. But they're playing with some young guys, be it um, Luka Decky, who, who actually he struggled, but I think he could get better. So I think the pieces are there for them. Um, but – I got to tell you, Tom Brady, guys, he looked old. Like, there was a quarterback sneak that he didn't convert that usually that's an automatic. And, look, he's never been fleet of foot, but there was a couple times I thought he could have run for maybe a five- or six-yard game. He turned it down. So um, I still think they're there at the end because they just have too much talent, but it was definitely a surprising game. Oh, man. I I shuddered when you called Tom Brady old, Mike, because we know – how that doesn't normally, that take doesn't normally age well in and of itself. But it's funny that I had like a visceral reaction to you calling a 45-year-old quarterback old because, of course, he is that. And yet we're still surprised when he kind of looks it at times when he's out there. Finally here, you mentioned Trubisky real quick. So I just want to follow up on that and ask you, uh, what have you seen lately from Mitchell Trubisky that you didn't see in those first four starts from him? I'll tell you what, guys. He was really good when he came in. He was decisive, accurate through with great anticipation, made plays with his feet. Um, If you didn't know anything um, and you just saw this game for the first time, I mean, one guy looked like a great player. The other quarterback just looked average. I'm just – I'd be shocked if Mitch Trubisky wasn't starting Sunday night at Miami uh, for the Steelers because he really earned it and and played exceptionally well and sort of energized the whole team to be candid. And defense made enough plays, um, but credit Mitch Trubisky because he was excellent – when he had to replace an injured Kenny Pickett. 
Well, there you have it. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Mike, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Field Gates filling in for the guys. Coming up next, does Tom Brady need to spend more time working on his craft and less time with Robert Kraft? We'll explain next. This is ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? That was courtesy of Learfield. This is Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Field Yates filling in for the guys. That was, of course, the sound field of Tennessee getting it done. It they was awesome. beat... Alabama. It was awesome. It was college football at its best. It was 52 to 49. It was a crazy, crazy game. It obviously came down to the final seconds. And now Tennessee sitting right behind Georgia and Ohio State in the AP poll. First time they have been ranked this high since 2004. Five, wow. which is bizarre. Yeah. And now Alabama out of the top five. They're ranked sixth in the AP poll. First time they've been in that situation since 2019. So I am a big, big proponent of respecting greatness. And Alabama is the epitome of greatness at the college football level. I also think that if I were to like nitpick one of my issues with college football, it's that we almost feel like the college football playoff is really just like the Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State Invitational, right? Mm-hmm. Like those four teams probably going to have at least two of them in the playoffs maybe three, maybe four, and there might be one or two surprise entrants. The reason why Tennessee winning on Saturday was so good beyond the, you know, just the drama and the theatrics of it all and the incredible scene at Neyland Stadium and the goalpost being removed, Amber, is that, like, this breathes some life into parity for college football, right? I mean, I still think there's a pretty darn good chance that Georgia or Alabama or both of them will be playing in the college football playoff. But right now, if I'm building a bracket, it includes Tennessee. 
And who would have thought that coming into the season? Not many people. Unbelievable Saturday afternoon in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's what college football is about. Now, yes. it's funny to me a little bit that we're talking about, oh, par- thank goodness there's parity in college football <laughs> with another huge major SEC brand. I mean, I'm an SEC girl, so right, I'm here right. for it. Yep. But it's not exactly like we're you know talking about the underdog here in yep. Tennessee, although they've been that, and they've been that for a very long time because of the state of that program. But certainly they got to topple the big boy in this one and do it in the most college football Saturday kind of way ever. Then they rip down the goalposts. They go throw them in the Tennessee River. Always funny, by the way, when you destroy your own property. That's yep. always weird to me about sports. Too. And, and, and then they get fined. Those are expensive. Plus, then they get fined $100,000. So now they're fundraising their own fans to reap some of this money back. I'm guessing, though, all very worth it if you're a Tennessee volunteer. Amber Wilson and Field Yates filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. You can also hit us up on Twitter. He is at Field Yates, which it's pretty remarkable that your name on Twitter, like your handle, you just got your name. You know, yeah, I guess well, it works out if your given, name is Field I was Yates. Because there's so many fields out there that it was like a competitive marketplace when I first signed up on Twitter some 12 or so years ago. <laughs> Amber Wilson did not go as well for me. Yeah, though, I do not have that there. handle. Do yeah. not search for me there. Uh, Amber W Sports, though, that is the handle that I have. You can watch us live now, by the way, on the ESPN app. This is a new thing. All you do is you just open the app and you hit watch, and you can see Fields' handsome face there, uh, bringing you all of the oh, NFL knowledge. And so I have to get your opinion here, Field, about what's happening with the Tampa Bay Bucks yeah. because Tom Brady – He goes to Robert Kraft's wedding. Robert Kraft has a surprise wedding. Now, you remember Robert Kraft's wife passed away, you know, some years ago, and he's found love again. He goes to this wedding, probably calls old Tommy personally and says, you know, please come. This is a huge moment in my life. And Brady says, okay, sure, I'll even miss what kind of amounts to a walkthrough practice, but I'll miss a practice in order to be there for your big day because you meant that much to me in my life. And then the Bucks go out. They lose to the Steelers. He's ripping into his O-line, and now everyone's upset that Tom Brady went to Robert Cross wedding. Yeah, and it's one of those things, Amber, that if they win yesterday like we expected them to because they were nearly double-digit upsets, and oh, by the way, they were playing a Steelers team that had three secondary starters out, no one's saying boo, right? No one's saying to think about it, but they lose. Tom Brady did go to the wedding, was not with his team. He flew independent from the Bucks. By the way, there was a very viral moment of Brady chewing into the offensive line during the game, and it made for some Twitter comedy, but it underscores an important point. This offensive line that was at one time great for Tom Brady has not been great so far this season. So here's what I will say, Amber, is that, like, I and this is, and I'm not trying to cape for Tom Brady. I'm not trying to take it easy on Tom Brady because of, like, a complex or a fear of criticizing the greatest player of all time. In general, the way that I try to approach my analysis is that, like, when it's stuff that extends beyond the field, I try to tread pretty lightly on this stuff, right? I think it's a responsibility that I think is often important for us to acknowledge and be mindful of. I get why people are calling it a tough look and a bad look. I would say that while I'm not willing to go there, where I am willing to go is that this Buccaneers team, who Tom Brady returned to with only one goal in mind— If they don't win a Super Bowl, it is 
absolutely a missed opportunity for the Buccaneers. It's a wasted season, basically, in effect for Tom Brady, right? That's the only reason he's only playing for that at this point. There are no more records for Tom Brady to break. There are no many people, no more, there's no more people to prove wrong. This Bucks team looks worse than it has at any point. And there were some tough stretches for the Bucks. Remember the game where Brady against the Bears and had the four fingers up, thought it was fourth down, but it was actually fifth down as in, like, game over? There have been some bad moments, right, Amber? Mm-hmm. This feels different, doesn't it? Because defense is playing pretty well still. The offense, though, what's the excuse right now? Mike Evans? Chris Godwin? Like, people who say, like, oh, well, they don't have Julio Jones. So what? Julio Jones hasn't been relevant for, like, three years now, right? <laughs> Like, no kidding, and in large part because of injuries. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. Like but- you've, got, you've got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Russell Gage, who you signed for $10 bucks a year. Like, what, what do you think Justin Fields would do to have one of those players on his roster right now, much That's- less three of them? That's true, but I mean, this Bucks O-line was decimated, and so they're sitting at 3-3, three and three, and I think that we expect it's Tom Brady, and so we just expect miracles to always happen, but there certainly were some viable excuses here for an O-line that was riddled with injuries. I, I do think the situation, though, is one that seems so much worse mm. because we know, or we think we know uh, maybe, you know, what's happening there with Tom Brady's personal life. And then also when he then appears angry on the sidelines, which we've seen from Tom in the past and you're like, that ain't the first tablets that he's broken this season, oh, but yeah. it feel there's something that feels different about it. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because we kind of like know the rumors about what's going on too. And now he's 45. Like, is he extra angry because of everything that's, I don't know. Like, cause he's extra desperate oh to gosh. win a Super you're Bowl so right. you're because so right. it's Super Bowl or by. So we're, we're looking into these things. So then he's on the, he's on the sideline and he's, you know, ripping into his own line. He's saying, you can play so much bleeping better than this. And Frank, no, no, no. Move on. Uh, and so, really, I mean, that's not a terrible thing for him to say. I mean, it's not like he's saying, like, you know, you guys are awful. He's just saying you can play better than this. Right. But it's not a great look when he wasn't there for the practice. Right. Todd Bowles, though, the head coach of the team, has said Tom Brady does not get special treatment. He works as hard as anybody, you know, special treatment. There's been a few guys that missed some meetings and some practices for some special things that just doesn't get publicized because they're not him. So it kind of comes with the territory. You, you don't worry about it too much. I mean, it's a Todd Bowles point there, Field. We are talking about the greatest quarterback that ever lived and then also going to, you know, an NFL owner's wedding uh, and his former owner. And so, yes, him attending these things is going to be highly publicized in a way that we would have no idea if anybody else was at some other person's wedding normally. Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. You are the good balance here that I needed because I'm looking at this probably too strictly from a football perspective. The personal backdrop that hovers around this story does make that dynamic different. And I think Amber... The bottom line is one way or another, Tom Brady has always been under the microscope, but as far as football scrutiny is concerned, maybe more so than ever at any point in his career. Well, and some of that's the nature of where he is at his career, and we know what the goal is for Tom Brady each and every year, no matter what. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.